When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me is your co-host, Andy Hart. I think that's the second time you've introed with a face-melting solo. I freaking melted your faces off, listeners. Sorry. God, you love Seek to a sh- medical treatment because you sh- your face is a puddle on the floor right now. Puddle of mud. Hey, Andy, we're talking, we're musical today. Get get ready, listen. We're going to sing. We're, uh, buckle up. Buckle up, we're going to sing. Oh, uh, yeah, it's coming. Uh, Andy, we're talking yet more musical conspiracies. Even more music conspiracies. Uh, what are we, what are we, who are we examining this week? Uh, we're talking about, we're talking about some heavy hitters. Yeah. Art, we're talking about Elvis Presley. The king. We're talking about Jim Morrison, the Lizard King. We're talking about Beyonce, the Queen. Uh, Art, uh, this was a listener <gasps> suggested topic. Oh, that's right. Uh, Mr. Bunker, I think, has a soft spot in his heart Aww. for musical conspiracies. Aw. He's asked us to examine a few. Yeah. And our listeners have responded by asking for more. Wow. Uh, this one comes to us from uh, Linda. Linda. From Zanesfield. Wow. Linda from Ohio. My mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're that desperate. Uh, we're going out to our in-laws to the say, The only hey. listeners to this podcast are our family members. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate it, Linda. Uh, thank you very much for, thank you, thank you very much. More of that later. Yeah. Uh, thank you for <laughs> submitting this episode topic. I think uh, people love music conspiracies. There's yeah. an endless number of them. Yeah. There's still so many that we haven't touched, and uh, these are some great ones. Uh, musicians are uh, celebrities who affect people oh, yeah. in an emotional way, I think, that people get attached to uh, musical celebrities more than they do like actors. 
M- music, <coughs> bless you. Excuse me. Or mu- magicians, for example. Magi- uh, I mean, we all have a favorite magician. We all have a favorite magician. Um, and mine's Teller. And I like. I'm a pen guy. We all, we all get. I mean, attached to celebrities in an unhealthy way, uh, sports stars. But I think that um, I think that musicians touch people because music speaks to something. Uh, about the human condition, the human soul, and true. so people become fascinated with Very true. The people who make the music that and people are passionate love. about these musicians. That's so true. If you're passionate about learning all about the research, uh, you can look in the show notes. Uh, check your score. Uh, look at the look at the sheet music provided for you. The show notes, <laughs> and uh, you can uh, set. You could skip this track and move right on to the next one, which is sure. uh, a steam and plate whole enchilada. Right. Ordered up by your chef, the titular Mr. Bunker. Um, yeah, all the research is in that uh, time to time stamp in the show notes. So because first, well, Andy and I, we got a little uh, our, our 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 hot single off the charts <laughs> uh, that people wonder how it climbed up the Billboard top ten, and there really is no explanation. There's for no it. explanation. Is Andy and I are going to talk about how the titular Mr. Bunker abducted us this week? Ooh. Uh, Art, yeah, I had a really uncomfortable uh, situation, oh, no. and it started off with so much optimism, and oh, it turned it out so bad. You hate to see it. Um, you hate to see it. You know, Art, I'm not, I'm not anything even close to resembling a scientist, right? Like, I am a fool. Um, yeah. I have a real limited grasp of the natural world and its operation. You um, lost your stethoscope under your bed, where you're afraid to go. I won't go under there. There's monsters. Uh, and dust. Um, uh, I do, however, think that new technology is pretty cool, pretty freaking rad. Freaking rad. Yeah, and uh, you know, I am also a well-known fan of infomercials. Oh yeah. Um, I mostly enjoy obscure cooking device infomercials, but to be honest, I'll watch anything that's entertaining. Um, yeah. You know, I I, I like infomercials. Uh, Kathy Mitchell, if you're listening, get at us. Get at us. We'd Kathy. love to have you on the show. Um, so I'm watching infomercials one day and I see this really like bizarre infomercial. I mean, it grabbed my attention. Okay. Uh, it's for a product called the bunk tech. What's <sighs> a matter you matter transporter and soft boiled egg cooker. Um, so the infomercial is so strange, uh, for the, what's a matter you matter transporter and soft boiled egg cooker. Um, uh, because it's like, you know how they usually have like, they have like somebody for the company, and they have like a celebrity. Sure, uh, the celebrity is Lou Ferrigno. Um, if 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 for for anybody listening who doesn't know who Lou Ferrigno is, Lou Ferrigno was like the original um, live action Hulk. There yeah. was a Hulk TV series in the seventies, and he was the Hulk. And um, I don't know what he's done after that. I mean, pretty much just be Lou Ferrigno. Like yeah. he is a celebrity now in his own right. I mean, have. Have you ever seen him on something now where he's not Lou Ferrigno? No. So I don't know if that's one of those things where he got pigeonholed like like Jason Alexander. I think it was kind of a uh, bodybuilder too, right? Yeah, he had a great body. Uh, still does. Uh, because uh, you could see it on the infomercial. I mean, like he was – it's hosted by Lou Ferrigno, but the whole time he's wearing Hulk makeup and he's delivering his lines like the Hulk. Mm. Like he's acting the Hulk, but it like – the infomercial repeatedly only refers to him as actor Lou Ferrigno. So it never acknowledges that he's the Hulk, and it seems to have no bearing on the infomercial. Very strange. Ah, I can imagine. Um, uh, with all that said, this 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 device, I mean, it got a hold on me, right? 
Like I was uh, like so enchanted with the idea of just like transporting from one location to another in basically the blink of an eye. Right. I mean, matter transporting, like I can't believe this is a thing that exists. Deassembling your at- atoms. I, I mean. And reassembling them in another location. I'm not a scientist, but the, the, the underlying science is has to be very complicated on how this, I mean, it's crazy. Um, I mean, that alone, and the fact that it makes a perfect soft-boiled egg in only three minutes? Come on! So uh, many uses. Yeah, this is... I mean, a, you're making ramen. You could just hit it up with a little soft-boiled this egg. Is, this is a true multitasker. Um, so, look, I don't usually do this. I don't usually do this, but I buy one, right? Because I got a great price. Uh, it only cost me $420.69. <laughs> so... This thing comes to my to my apartment, and I'm like, I'm I'm anxious. I decide I'm going to try it out right away. Um, I'm a skeptic, though, right at heart. I mean, that's famously part of this this podcast. Um, so I didn't really expect it to work, but I was I was wrong. I was proven wrong. Wow, it worked perfectly. Those were the best soft boiled eggs I ever had. Uh, after eating. About two dozen soft-boiled eggs. Oh, my God. That's I, a lot of eggs. I got to drop a deuce, frankly. I got to hit the toilet. I mean, like... You're going to have some stanky stank coming out of <laughs> your butt. That's very sulfuric, yeah. Uh, so then it hits me. Oh, why walk all the way to the toilet when I could just use the matter transporter to get to my bathroom? So I grab one end of the matter transporter, one of the platforms, the tubes Mm -hmm. uh, where you transport matter in, and I carry it to my bathroom and set it up. Then I walk back to the other tube um, where I already had it uh, in my living room, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it's all all the way on the other side of my apartment. Uh, My colon is ready to burst with anticipation of this poop. I mean, there's so many eggs in there. Just pack in my colon. Um, so I hop in the tube and I don't know, I mean, first time I ever used, I must've not done some of the settings correctly because the tube like shuts and it starts getting really steamy in this tube. Like it is getting hot and wet. Uh, three minutes later, I pop out of the tube in my bathroom. Turns out bunker soft boiled me. Oh, this was a bunk tech. He comes and scoops me up with a giant spider. I was like humpy dumpy. (laughs) I'm Humpy Dumpy. Soft boil me for three minutes. Is it Humpty Dumpty? Humpy Dumpy. So you're taking a big fat dump. Yeah, it was Humpy Dumpy. So he scoops me up with his spider and takes me to the bunker. I got steamed. I was pretty steamed, to be honest. Wow. Soft boiled me. Well, I feel like your yoke has been all congealed now. It's probably all back. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay now, but yeah, I mean, I had a lot of eggs in my colon, so there's going to be a log of soft-boiled eggs. Oh, great. Streaming into the open-faced toilet. Open-faced toilet is uh, going to take a beating. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of beatings. Green eggs and poop. <laughs> green eggs and green poop. Yeah. Um, Speaking of beatings, Andy. Oh, a masturbation abduction. No, I oh. wish. I wish. Andy, my abduction started a week ago. Yeah, that's right. A week ago. A long con. Yeah. When Bunker brought an entire, uh, like, photographer's uh, 
Dana White was there. Um, all these people showed up at my house with Bunker. And Dana White, the yes, UFC guy? Yes. And this is when Bunker had Dana White formally issue a challenge to me that Whoa. Bunker is going to fight me in the octagon. Damn. In the first ever Bunk Tech UFC, Bunk, the BUFC, the Bunk Tech Ultimate Fighting Championship. Buff C. Buff, Buff C. Buff C. Buff C. Buff C won. Okay. Pay-per-view. Wow. Next Sunday. He gave me a week to prepare for a fight against Buff Bunker. As we all know, <laughs> Bunker's buff. Bunker famously buff. You're not ready for this. I wasn't ready for this at all. I've never trained in a martial art. I mean, yeah. I took Taekwondo when I was a little kid, but mostly I just goofed around and the sensei or whatever you call him would, <laughs> the teacher, the master would yeah. call me Dr. Spock because as a little kid, I was really good at doing the Vulcan wow. hand salute. Yeah. And he would always call me Dr. Spock. But other than that, I wasn't very good at Taekwondo because I was not aggressive and had low confidence and self-esteem as a child. So, so the only part you were good of was doing the Vulcan Hansel, which the, is an important part of Taekwondo. Very important part. For, for people the don't realize And what people don't realize is that I've always been good at one thing, and that's goofing off and not doing the right thing. Hell but yeah. I decided to train in that Vulcan Hansel because I knew that was going to be my ace in the hole, Andy. That was going to be my move that I had to get Bunker with. The Vulcan death grip. I had to go back to my roots in my training. So I went back to my neighborhood YMCA where I used to take Taekwondo, Kwaigonjin classes. Wow. <laughs> Taekwondo classes. I found my old master. You learned how to be murdered by Darth Maul. Who, the most Taekwondo name you can think of. Master O'Callahan. Oh, I thought his name was going to be Taekwondo. No. Master O'Callahan. Okay. And I said, I need training. I have a fight this Sunday. And he said, who are you? <laughs> and so I explained to him all that. And he said, I still don't remember. I'm very <laughs> old now and I live at this YMCA. And I said, doesn't matter. You got to train me. And I think this old man with dementia trained me. In Master, Master O'Callahan uh, yeah. is like everybody in your life. Yeah. yeah. They cannot remember Do who I am. remember who you are. So we begin our training montage. I'm running around with a garbage bag suit over my body, trying to sweat out and lose weight. I don't even know what weight I'm supposed to make. <laughs> yeah. But I just assume this is what you got to do. He's feeding me raw eggs. Just Who knows if they could have been made with a, what's the matter with you, matter transporter and soft-boiled egg maker. That would have been a better delivery. I mean, yeah. you don't have to deal with that runny uh, white. Which also salmonella, you know. Anyway, he's training Okay, me. well, i got to challenge that a little bit. Why, you don't get salmon off from raw eggs? No, you could, but oh. eggs in the United States are very safe. Uh, so you can eat raw eggs? You can eat raw eggs. It's, uh, cool. I mean, you know, you don't want to go crazy and eat every egg raw, but well. if you get a little bit of raw egg, it's not a problem. Raw flour, much bigger health concern. Really? Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. is raw flour such a big health concern? Because there's uh, nothing they can really do to it uh, to process, you know, like to make it. There's, you know, raw flour. You need to cook flour because it can have uh, germs in it. And it gets nutty. Yeah. But, I mean, you could bake it. looks it. a little nutty. Austin Bowers. Get in my belly! It's me, Mrs. Doubtfire! <laughs> and he's famous character, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Combined with Fat Bastard. Yep. Fat Doubtfire. Um... Anyway, Mrs. Bastard. Mrs. Bastard. 
So we're going through this training montage with Master O'Callaghan. I'm running all over the the track there at the YMCA. I'm yeah. trying to train, get my cardio good. Because, you know, one of the big things really with fighting is you have to have really good cardio. Not necessarily right. your, you know, a lot of people have good training and good skills, but you'll get gassed early. You're if fucked. You don't have the stamina. So I'm getting ready. And so it comes to time. Mr. Callahan's having me punch a big piece of raw meat, Rocky style. I'm running up and down steps. I'm going all over the place. Comes ready for the fight. Mm-hmm. Get there for the weigh-in. We weigh in, and mm-hmm. Bunker is a solid trim, like 185. He's perf- ripped. Yeah. I mean, as we know, buff. Bunker's buff. Me, I'm. I slim down to like 160, 155. You know, I'm looking okay. I'm, I don't look that good. You know, yeah. I don't look that good. Yeah. But I feel like I got to try my best. You feel like you got a shot. Maybe. We get into the octagon. Yeah. Joe Rogan's there. He's calling the fight. Yeah. Dana White's in the audience. Bunch of people mm-hmm. in the audience. This could be your big break. This could be a big break. I could go a fighter. Referee Herb Dean's there. Herb Dean is there, our referee. Herb? Herb Dean. Herb? Herb Dean. <laughs> oh, it did. I fucking said Herbert. it wrong. <laughs> he's there and he's, he's like alright guys I want you to have a good clean fight Bunker's just staring at me yeah. just making complete eye contact Yeah, not looking away from me I mean, he's, he's it's intense yeah, It's intense. You know, we've looked into Bunker's eyes quite a bit but I don't think you've ever seen a look like this I don't want to see a look like that Bunker you know we tap gloves we get ready to go we get ready to, we're sizing each other up mm-hmm. just throwing little jabs little, little tiny kicks mm-hmm. you're gonna get there but then Bunker just goes fucking berserk and just starts coming at me. And I immediately turtle show. Yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting in there in my guard, but then, yeah. I mean, within a matter of seconds, Bunker has me in a rear naked choke. He fucking chokes me out. Chuck Liddell, Iceman Chuck Liddell style. Wow. And I am fucking gone. Wow. I am knocked out Yikes. cold. Whew. When I wake up, all the people are gone. Dana White, there's a skin suit of Dana White on the ground. There's a skin suit of Joe Rogan. The octagon's apart. It was all Bunker. He was everybody. He was everybody. Wow. He was everybody. Oh. He got it. He got me. He beat me fair and square. <laughs> yeah. at the first ever Buff C one. <gasps> beat me within seconds, Andy. I'm 0-1. Bye, your, bye knockout. Does your record, TKO or does submission, your, whatever the fuck. Does your record count, though? It seems like more of a permanent than anything. I have a permanent record now Jeez. in the BUFC. Jeez. Andy, I'm, I'm just saying look out for it. Because Bunker uh, might come after you. Yeah, it seems like he could have just choked you out at any old time. He could have. He, he goes went, to such lengths. Yeah, he went through that fanfare. Ugh, yeah. Such a, so dramatic. He's dramatic, but. Yeah, God. That's bad for your brain. Choked out. Slam yeah, to the mat. Yeah, I know. I could, yeah, CTE, who knows? Mm-hmm. Early onset on Alzheimer's now. There's a lot of stuff I could have. Yeah. But Bunker has a flair for the dramatic, kind of like the topic today. Kind of like great performers. You know, when the lights are on, you got to perform. You got to give the people what they want. You got to give them the Iceman Chuck Liddell choke out. Uh, really... Mr. Bunker is like the Elvis Presley of uh, kidnappers. Yeah. Why is that? 
because he always wears a white jumpsuit and he's that's it that's it loves a peanut butter and bananas yeah peanut butter and banana sandwich what was it peanut, peanut butter, butter and banana bacon? and bacon yeah well, listeners, we got to get to our uh, <laughs> our topic today. More music conspiracies, even more uh, that Elvis Presley didn't die, Jim Morrison isn't dead, and that Beyonce might not be as old as she says she is. Yeah. Plus, we throw in some other like tidbits. Yeah, some other tidbits. Tidbits. <laughs> All right, let's get to tidbits. it, here, Andy. We got to line up. They're taking our tickets at will call. They got we yeah. got tickets at will call. We got to yeah. get to. They're flashing the lights. Flashing lights, because here is Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Tidbits. Wise men say only fools rush in. But Art, can't you see that I'm not afraid? I see your face. You want to touch it. But we're not here to touch it, Art. That's not our objective, Art. Mr. Bunker, yes, the titular Mr. Bunker, has tasked us with delivering a steaming whole enchilada to all the hungry little bunk funkers out there. A whole enchilada... Stuffed with even more music conspiracies. Do right you are, Andy. These aren't just any music conspiracies either. We're talking about music royalty today. We're digging into the king, Elvis Presley, the lizard king, Jim Morrison, and Queen Bey herself, Beyonce. Ooh-wee, baby, that's one royally spicy enchilada. Oh, it's all, oh, it's really spicy. It's coming closer, the flames are now licking my body. You won't help me. I feel like I'm slipping away. It's hard to breathe. My chest is a heaving. Lord, have mercy. I'm burning a hole where I lay. Are you having a medical emergency? What's going on? Nah, man. I'm just a hunk. A hunk, a hunk of burning love. That's Elvis, baby. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Elvis. I get it now. Yeah, it's Elvis. I didn't really read as uh, as Elvis to me. Huh. More like Garfield the cat from the animated show Garfield and Friends. You know what? Fuck you, you piece of shit. I don't see you even making an attempt to fucking create anything like my Elvis impression. Hey, fuck you, buddy. Fuck you very much. <laughs> oh, boy, bunkfunkers. I touched a nerve. Touched it raw. <laughs> now Art's a hunk of burning rage. <laughs> oh, well. Let's sprinkle a little parsley on this enchilada, huh? Elvis Parsley. Now, if you don't know Elvis, you don't get out enough. But for you recluses out there, we'll give you a little info. Elvis Aaron Presley was a singer, a musician, an actor, and a cultural sensation that took the world by storm during his career spanning the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Elvis got his start recording music with Memphis's Sun Records in 1953. From those humble beginnings... Elvis would go on to become one of the best-selling solo musical artists of all time, with verifiable sales of more than $250 million and claim sales estimated upward of $1 billion. Elvis also holds the record for most charting songs in the Billboard Top 40 and Top 100, holds the record for most albums charting in the Billboard Top 200, holds the record for most gold albums, gold here denoting more than 500,000 units sold, 
the most platinum albums, platinum denoting 1 million units sold, and the most multi-platinum albums. He starred in 31 feature films, won three Grammy Awards, and won a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award at only 36 years old. He even had a spider named after him. Needless to say, Elvis did more with his relatively short career combined the com- career than either Art or I will ever accomplish. <laughs> combined! We suck. <laughs> we're dog shit compared to Elvis. Yeah, but at least we're not dead like Elvis. <laughs> Folks, Elvis famously died on August 16th, 1977. While at his mansion, Graceland, Elvis told his girlfriend, uh, Ginger Alden, he was going to use the bathroom. Ginger told the king not to fall asleep on his throne, a.k.a. the toilet. <laughs> but typical Elvis, he did things his own way and embraced eternal sleep while in the can. Fun fact, dying on the toilet is your co-host Andy's dream death scenario. That's right, Art. But whereas Elvis was found on the bathroom floor in his PJs, I hope to be found seated serenely, yet powerfully, on the toilet, completely nude if possible. Okay, bunk funkers, we'll give you a second to bash your heads on a solid surface until the thought of Andy's, Andy's bloated, naked corpse lifelessly sitting on a toilet in a bathroom undoubtedly filled with disgusting, rank shit odor leaves your brain. There, there you go. As Andy mentioned, Ginger found Elvis lying on the bathroom floor in his jammies. Elvis' personal physician, Dr. Nick, was summoned. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Elvis is in the bathroom and isn't responsive. Oh, that's not good. Looks like a cardiac arrest to me. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. I think. Yeah. And so now it was that Elvis' death was Elvis's death was ruled a case of cardiac arrest, a massive heart attack. What we didn't show you is that in that brief dramatization is that after Dr. Nick arrived and was unsuccessfully uh, initially, initially, unsuccessfully initial, is that a typo? Unsuccessful initially. Oh, Jesus. God damn. After Dr. Nick arrived and was unsuccessful initially, some commas would help at reviving the king. Elvis was taken to a nearby hospital with all attempts to revive him eventually also proving unsuccessful. Elvis Presley was only 42 years old, a pop culture icon gone in the prime of his life. But was Elvis really dead? Thousands of mourners from across the globe streamed to Memphis to visit Graceland in the wake of the news. Elvis's body lay in state at his mansion where some were able to see the king in his casket. Elvis's funeral was held August 18, 1977, and his body was placed in a family mausoleum. But was Elvis really dead? Some people definitely have suspicious minds about Elvis's alleged passing away into death. Literally since the day Elvis died, August 16, 1977, there have been reported Elvis sightings. It was reported on that date a man bearing a resemblance to Elvis was spotted buying a one-way ticket to Buenos Aires at the Memphis airport using the name John Burroughs, which is a name Elvis used when booking hotel rooms. Did Elvis pull a Hitler and escape to Argentina? Let me play the magic eight ball for a second. Well, Andy, you are round and full of murky liquids. Well, shake me up and I'll say doubtful. Why would Elvis Presley, arguably Memphis's most well-known celebrity, go to his local airport and use a pseudonym he was already known to use? And why would he do it the day his death was reported and people were flocking to Memphis? Not to mention that the Memphis airport didn't offer international flights in 1977. 
Frankly, this siding is like the above ground pool I built my family. It doesn't hold water. You got in a lot of trouble for that. Yeah. I okay. Could have gone to jail. Sure. I guess there are some logical inconsistencies here. Okay, Andy, you, you got it. All right. You sniffed it out. But there's also a rich tapestry of Elvis sightings after that one in Memphis. <laughs> like in December 1977, when Mike Joseph visited Graceland with his family and took a picture of Elvis's pool house. Years later, he noticed a figure in the photo who looked like Elvis. Or how in the 80s, when Elvis was spotted shopping at a grocery store and eating at Burger King, all in a white jumpsuit in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Or when Elvis appeared in the 1990 movie Home Alone as an extra in the Scranton airport scene, peeking over Catherine O'Hara's shoulder. Then Elvis showed up at the California Legoland opening in 1999. Elvis later appeared in 2016 as a groundskeeper at Graceland. More recently, Elvis has become a singing pastor at a church in Arkansas. Well, that certainly is quite a list of sightings, but... What? But what? Let me guess. You're probably going to say, Mike Joseph Photoshop's guy kind of looks like Elvis in a vague way, and Kodak verified the photo was authentic and not doctored. But why would Elvis hang out in Graceland and not a high-value tourist destination if he wanted people to think he was dead? And why would he look in the shadows of the pool house clearly visible through the door? Yeah, I mean, actually, that's that's what I was gonna. You know, and then you probably then you probably say something like this: Those sightings of Kalamazoo were unsubstantial, and the people claiming they saw Elvis were mocked for their claims. The extra in Home Alone was somebody who knew the director, Chris Columbus. Logically, though, again, how was Elvis keeping the myth of his death alive by bearing an image of Elvis? <laughs> then I'd bet you say something like this: The Elvis signing at Legoland were hired Elvis impersonators who were entertainment for the park opening. The Graceland groundskeeper was interviewed and is actually a guy named Bill Balmer. Balmer. You'd probably pronounce it, you'd probably pronounce it correctly. I, I, even in my impression, I did it wrong. Anyway, then you'd probably say, the pastor in Arkansas is just a guy named Bob Joyce who has some musical skill and is also an Elvis fan who people just think looks and sounds like Elvis. <laughs> then I bet you say, I'm such a pig, according to Art. Everyone feel bad for me because Art calls me a pig all the time, even though I objectively bring it up way more than he does. Can't you ever just let anyone have fun? You kill joy. Nope. <laughs> I'm a narcissist and only I may have fun. <laughs> God damn it. Art, you bring up some good points. There's a whole cache of Elvis sightings, but why? What's the basis for people believing that Elvis didn't actually die? Well, I'll tell you, Art. There's some quirky little things about the king's death and funeral that led some people to think he's not really dead. First, let's talk about the death of Elvis. The official, the official medical take is that the king perished from a massive heart attack, which the medical examiner ruled was due to natural causes. And yet, multiple drugs were also found in Elvis's body at the time of his death. This has led to some speculation that Elvis actually committed suicide by leaning into his drug addiction before his death. The king even wrote a note to his road manager, Joe Esposito, which read, I'm sick and tired of my life, and I need a long rest. So did Elvis really die so naturally? Well, again, according to the medical examiner, yes. You might question why it matters if some medical examiner says Elvis died of natural causes. 
The real impact here is that the autopsy performed on Elvis ceased to be public record once his death was deemed to be naturally caused. That means the autopsy results are now private Presley family paperwork, unlikely to ever be released in keeping with the wishes of the prodigiously private performer. Awesome alliteration, asshole. You know, you could have just said Andy. It's also alliterative. Oh, you're right. Andy alliteration, asshole. (laughs) Got you. Okay. (laughs) Cool. <laughs> Aside from the lack of autopsy results, Elvis's death certificate is also sealed until 2027. 50 years after his death. Hey, not seven years. Seven years? I'm not long to go. Some people find this suspicious, but it's actually just a Tennessee state law. Happens to everybody. Moving on to Elvis's funeral, which was held August 18th, 1977. Though it was a private event, some footage captured shows the king's pallbearers struggling to lift his coffin which allegedly weighed greater than 900 pounds. The casket was copper and custom-built for the king. Even considering Elvis's weight at his time of death, some feel the casket was heavier than it should have been. This suggests that the coffin was equipped with a cooling system to keep the wax dummy inside from melting. Mm. Others point to Elvis's uh, tombstone as a clue he didn't actually die. The tombstone reads Elvis Aaron Presley, that's Aaron with two A's, Uh, But the king's middle name was Aaron, with one A, A A-R-O-N. Was the misspelling on the tombstone a hint that the real Elvis wasn't actually buried there? His family says Elvis took to using the more common spelling, Aaron, with two A's, later in life. Allegedly, the spelling Aaron, with one A, was a tribute to Elvis's stillborn older twin, Jesse Garen Presley. Incidentally, some people think that Jesse actually lived and was Elvis's body double. Uh, though it really doesn't have much to do with Elvis's death per se. Uh, there's also a hypothesis out there that Elvis was a programmed slave of the Illuminati, selected along with the Beatles, who were also Illuminati slaves, to introduce rock music to the world. Elvis allegedly understood that he, would, that he had twice the spiritual power of a normal person because, according to Illuminati beliefs, if you have a twin who dies, you control the twin's soul. By the way, this hypothesis also suggests that Elvis was programmed to serve the Illuminati by his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, very cool. Very cool. You know, normally you do historical diversions, so it's good to see you branching out and disrupting the research in new and different ways. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Wow. I'm in a neck brace, Andy. (laughs) Okay. Got choked out. I'll cut you some slack. So if Elvis didn't didn't really die, what happened and why? Some people think that Elvis faked his death to escape the limelight and his intense fame, his immense fame. Some people claim to see a black helicopter land at Graceland just before Elvis died. The speculation is that he was flown to Bermuda to live out his days. And hey, let's not forget about the mafia, baby. No good conspiracy is complete without the involvement of the mafia. Gail Brewer Giorgio, author of the book, Is Elvis Alive? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how she says it. Maybe I'll put, is Elvis alive? Maybe I put a little bit too much mustard on that. <laughs> anyway, is he? That's what Elvis would have wanted. More ex- more mustard. Yeah. <laughs> she believes Elvis faked his death and entered the witness protection program to escape mafia hitmen who wanted to whack him off. Brewer Giorgio uh, based the book allegedly on numerous FBI documents and interviews with FBI agents, past and present. In the time since Brewer Giorgio wrote the book numerous FBI documents revealed related to Elvis have been declassified. 
None of the documents seem to indicate that the king was under an undercover agent for the Bureau. Nevertheless, the book posits that Elvis volunteered to become an undercover FBI agent in 1976 in order to infiltrate a group of racketeers known as the Fraternity. Elvis was approached by the FBI because he had dealt with a member of the Fraternity previously on a sale of one of his airplanes. Elvis decided to help the FBI out of his love for the, for the USA and deep respect for the Bureau. Ultimately, though, Elvis was outed as a mole and had to enter witness protection to avoid getting whacked off. Art. The time to hesitate is through. No time to wallow in the mire. Try now we can only lose. And our love become a funeral pyre. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Trying to set the night on Fire! Yeah! Now that's how it's done. What? That's supposed to be Jim Morrison? You know it, baby. Woo! You sound and look like a guy who ate Jim Morrison. But I wouldn't say that you sound like Jim Morrison. Oh, please. That Jim Morrison was about 50 times better than your Elvis. If you think you're so good, do your Jim Morrison. Let's see what you got. Uh, okay. Uh... Art's, I mean, he didn't really have a, Art's standing up. It's just, uh, what, what are you, what are you doing? Just gotta undo this. Oh, oh, oh no, oh no, he's exposing his genitals. His hog is on the loose. Uh, All right, I see it. Put it away. Stop pointing at it. All right, I admit it. That was a pretty good Jim Morrison impression. Better than mine. That's right. Sorry, I had to put my pants back on. <laughs> if you can't run with the big hogs, stay in your own pen. Oink, oink, oink. <laughs> Anyways, bunkfungers. <clears throat> We've said this name about 30 times already, so you probably guess we're talking about Jim Morrison next. Jim Morrison was a singer, a poet, a counterculture icon, and the controversial frontman of the band The Doors. The Doors were formed in Los Angeles in 1965 and went on to have a string of hit singles and albums before the band ultimately broke up in 1973. The band had eight consecutive gold albums and sold more than 100 million records worldwide. In addition to their studio success, The Doors were a raunchous live act. What does that say? Raucous? Raucous. Raucous live act, thanks in part to Jim Morrison. In 1967, the Lizard King was arrested on stage in the middle of a set. Apparently, he was macking on some fine honey backstage when the police officer asked him asked them both to leave, not realizing Jim was about to uh, perform. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Jim allegedly tells the cop to eat it, at, what po- at, what po- at which point the cop pulls out a can of mace and says, Last chance. Jim smartly replied, Last chance to eat it. Hell yeah. At which, po- at which point he got maced. Uh-oh. Uh, delaying the concert for about an hour while he recovered. After the doors went on stage, the cops apparently were still seeking a resolution and started surrounding the stage. The Lizard King improvised a profanity-laced song about what happened, at which point the police stormed the stage and dragged him off. This incident didn't dissuade Jim Morrison's antics, though. They continued, and the doors' live shows became wild affairs. 
Jim also continued to fall deeper into alcohol and drug addiction, even collapsing on stage in Amsterdam once following heavy drug use. Then in 1969, nice, the band played a show in Miami where Jim arrived an hour late and totally drunk. Inspired by a play he'd seen recently, he was antagonistic toward the audience, whipping them into a frenzy. An audience member came on stage to pour champagne on Jim, which led him to take off his shirt. What happened next is uh, somewhat disputed. A warrant was issued for Jim's arrest, alleging that he exposed his genitals on stage, shouted obscenities at the audience, was drunk during the show, and simulated oral sex on Robbie Krieger, the band's guitarist. The rest of the band denies that Jim let his hog out of the barn that night, but nobody's denying he did all the other stuff. Jim turned down a plea bargain where the Doors would have had to perform a free show in Miami. Eventually, he was convicted and sentenced to six months in jail. He never served time, though, because his case was pending appeal. Amid this cloud of controversy and legal problems, the Lizard King packed his bags and moved to Paris with his girlfriend, Pamela Corson. Then on July 3rd, 1971, Jim Morrison died. The official story is that Pam found him dead in their apartment, in the bathtub, in the wee small hours of the morning. Pam claimed that she and Jim had been at the movies that night, returning home around 1 a.m. She went and did some chores while Jim watched a movie. There's no evidence for this, but I'm going to suggest it. The movie might have been a porno. It might have been. Might have been. It could have been a porno. We don't know. Regardless of the type of movie, Jim and Pam soon went to bed. Pam says Jim woke up in the night with a cough and decided to draw a hot bath to help ease his symptoms. Pam stayed in bed, sleeping away. When she woke up later and noticed Jim was still gone, she found him dead in the bath. You boop two bunk funkers out there will remember these events from season nine of The Office. Yeah, you remember, when, a that, wild remember turn. when that happened to Jim and Pam in The Office? <laughs> <laughs> Rub-a-dub-dub, Jim Morrison died in the tub. The cause of death officially ruled heart failure. An open and shut case, or so it would seem. And yet, not everyone is satisfied with the official tale of the demise of the Lizard King. Jim Morrison was young, only 27 years old. Some folks were skeptical about the official cause of death. After all, an autopsy was never performed on Morrison's body, though the examining doctor said Jim was suffering from stomach ulcers and asthma, and that there was no evidence of foul play. Jim Morrison was a well-known drug user, though, and speculation has persisted that his heart failure was due to a heroin overdose. In fact, Marianne Faithful, the singer, actress, and once-girlfriend of Mick Jagger, says that her then-boyfriend, Jean de Bretuil, gave Jim the heroin that killed him. Marianne says that she and John were out when John suggested they stop by and visit Jim. Marianne stayed in the car while John went to meet Jim. Marianne says that the heroin was too strong, and Jim overdosed. Jim then got in the bath, which is uh, apparently a home remedy to alleviate symptoms of an overdose. There's some evidence to suggest that Marianne's version of the events may have actually happened. After Jim's death, Marianne and and Jean left Paris and moved to Morocco, where Jean died in 1971. Were they fleeing France because they had guilty consciences? <gasps> Another piece of evidence is that Jean de John de B uh, was a known drug dealer. So it's entirely possible that he sold Jim Morrison the drugs that ultimately killed him. In fact, Drugs sold by Jean de, B- de B-word, or at least people working for Jean, 
factor into yet another version of the demise of the Lizard King. According to Sam Burnett, the then manager of the Parisian Rock and Roll Circus Club. Very cool. Way cooler name. Yeah. So we should have called this podcast That's right. the Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, Jim Morrison did not die in his apartment at all. but was brought there by drug dealers working for Jean de B-Word after overdosing in the bathroom at the Rock and Roll Circus. Burnett says that Jim showed up at the club around 1 a.m. with two of Jean's dealers. A while later, a bouncer at the club was called to open a locked stall where Morrison's unconscious body was found. The owner of the club wanted to avoid trouble, so he told the two dealers to get Jim out of there. Took Jim back to his apartment, lovingly placed him in the bath again, in an attempt to undo the OD. What a sad, sad story. Let's get some good news circulating about Jim Morrison, huh? Yeah. Some people think Jim Morrison didn't die at all, but faked his death to escape fame. And his indecent exposure charges, of course. <laughs> this speculation stems from the uh, limited people allowed to see Jim's body post-mortem. Only Pam, the doctor, and Bill Siddons, the manager of the doors at the time, saw Morrison's body before it was placed in the casket and buried at a small private service. Morrison's The Doors bandmate, Ray Manzarek, was reportedly pretty suspicious about the proceedings. But maybe Jim wasn't in that casket. Maybe he's still with us in New York City. Living as a homeless poet on the streets, YouTuber Broken Star recorded a homeless man named Richard singing and reciting poetry. Broken Star believes Richard is actually Jim Morrison and even refers to him as Morrison. There's also a rumor that Jim moved to Oregon, changed his name to Bill Lawyer, and opened the Jim Morrison Sanctuary. And that's pretty much all the evidence that Jim Morrison is still alive. Andy, did you like the previous two conspiracies we've discussed? Um, yeah, they're neat. Well, if you liked him, then you should have put a ring on him. Oh! Look, everybody, Andy and I are pretty fucking stupid, but <laughs> we're not so stupid to think that either of us could even begin to imitate our next subject, Beyonce. That's true. We're not in the same level. Yeah. Well, we're not in the level of Jim Morrison or Elvis either, but whatever. But there's other reasons. Anyway, yeah. in case you don't know, Beyonce Knowles Carter is a singer, actor, producer, basically a multi-talented artist and performer who rose to fame in the late... 90s, early 2000s group Destiny's Child and has since embarked on a very successful solo career. Some of the feathers in Beyonce's cap include sold more than 75 million albums worldwide as a solo artist and an additional 60 million with Destiny's Child. Being the most certified artist of the 2000s, according to the RIAA, being nominated for 70 Grammys, most all-time with 24 wins, being the most awarded artist at the MTV Video Music Awards, or VMAs, with 24 awards. Starred in multiple feature films, including the Kids' Choice Award 2003 winner for favorite movie, Austin Powers in Gold Member. I love gold! <laughs> and so does Queen Bee! Aside from being a wildly successful entertainer, Beyonce is a successful fashion designer and business person, acting as CEO of her own entertainment management and production company. There's nothing Beyonce can't do. But could she fake her age? Some people say yes. Allegedly, Beyonce's birthday is September 4th, 1981. Some folks, though, think Beyonce is actually older than that. In fact, Beyonce's dad, Matthew Knowles, said a few years ago during a radio interview that Beyonce is the same age as the singer Pink, who was born in 1979, two years before B's stated birth date. What's more, 
Gabrielle Union says that she and Beyonce have been friends since they were teenagers, even though Gabrielle was born in 1972. If there's really a nine-year difference in their ages, there's no way mathematically that Beyonce and Gabrielle could have been teenagers at the same time. Consider this, too. Some people have suggested that Beyonce's group before Destiny's Child, Girls' Time, was actually active in the 80s and not in the 90s, like generally believed. The basis for this hypothesis is that Girls' Time member Nikki Taylor's birthday is allegedly in 1975. The internet says you can Google that for proof, but we sure didn't find it. Okay, well, now let's really dig into this Beyonce chilada. A person who claims to be a former Columbia Records employee, both Destiny Child's, Destiny's Child and uh, Beyonce were signed with Columbia Records, by the way, has posited online that has posted online that not only is Beyonce lying about her age, but that Bay also got pregnant as a teenager and gave birth to Solange Knowles, who was raised by Beyonce's parents as Beyonce's sister. Solange was born in eight, 1986. <laughs> I almost said 18, yeah, 1896. <laughs> Where is she's old as fuck? Oh boy. God damn. Really faking her age here. 1986, and the speculation is that Beyonce gave birth when she was anywhere from 12 to 14 years old, making her actual birth year 1972 to 1974. Maybe Gabrielle Union had it right all along. Well, she knows she had it right when she married Dwayne Wade. Yeah, good job. Anyway. Good couple. Power couple. Uh, But hey, speaking of Beyonce pregnancies, let's talk about Beyonce's claimed daughter, Blue Ivy. Bay and Jay, that is uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce's husband, welcomed their first child, Blue Ivy, into the world on January 7th, 2012. What a joyous occasion! Yes! Uh, But maybe (laughs) Beyonce wasn't ever actually pregnant with Blue Ivy at all. Let's break it down. Let's break it down through dance. There you go. Bay announced her (laughs) pregnancy at the 2011 MTV VMAs, which was August 28th, 2011. During her VMA performance, Beyonce pulled back her jacket to reveal her baby bump, which she promptly rubbed. Then, one week later, Bay was photographed on vacation wearing a bikini, supporting what some felt was a noticeably smaller baby bump. There was also no hint of the babe, the babe bump in Bay's party video, which was supposedly shot earlier in August before the VMAs. In September, Bay said that she was due in February, which would have made her four months along at the VMAs. Later in September, she said she was six months along, which would have made her five months at the time at the VMAs, which also corresponds with Blue Ivy's actual birth date. Then things really started to collapse around Bay when she made an appearance on Sunday night, an Australian interview show. Oh, yeah, crikey. Like a cheap bag and she showed up on the sh- on the telly. I was down in a stiffy and a stogie with my thongs on. Just put her in the just put my work clothes in the ute. Just got back and I was hanging out on the telly. Cheap bogan. I was watching our Sunday night. Just trying to see a lot program. Uh oh. Uh oh. Where am I? <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> All right. Another trip to Australia. 
The fuss all centered around, you guessed it, Beyonce's pregnant little belly. When B walks onto the set and sits down, her bump looks like it kind of deflates or crumples. Needless to say, this caused a stir and helped further the rumors that Beyonce was wearing a false tummy. Gasp! No! That's right, Art! Not something I can understand personally, but not everyone is as well endowed in the tummy as me. At any rate, some folks were uh, getting mighty suspicious of the Queen Bee by now. It certainly didn't help matters that when Bee went to the hospital to give birth, she and Jay had the hospital locked down, so no news about the birth got out. In fact, the Carters paid $1.3 million to redecorate and secure the fourth floor neonatal intensive care unit unit wing at Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan, New York City. The wing was so secure that even doctors and nurses were forbidden from entering while B and J were there. Security cameras were taped over, hospital employees had to surrender their mobile devices, and security was seen patrolling the perimeter of the hospital. All of these security measures have created some suspicion that Beyonce wasn't actually giving birth. Maybe it was a surrogate. Beyonce has uh, admitted that she was pregnant before Blue Ivy and that the pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. Perhaps Beyonce was struggling with infertility. I mean, I'm sterile. If it can happen to me, maybe the most virile-seeming man to ever live, it can happen to anybody. Speaking of vanity, some people think Beyonce uh, may have used a surrogate to protect her body from the rigors of pregnancy, but faked being pregnant so she could still get all the publicity. Since Blue Ivy's birth, a woman named Tina Seals has come forward with the claim that she is actually Blue Ivy's mother. In fact, uh, Tina Seals has also claimed to be the real mother of a number of famous babies. Prince George of the UK, son of Prince William and Princess Kate. Northwest, daughter of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. And Paris Jackson, Michael Joseph Jackson Jr. And Prince... And Prince Michael... Blanket Jackson II, the three children of Michael Jackson. Tina Seals is serious about it, too. She filed a lawsuit against Kim and Kanye to prove her parentage of Northwest. Despite that, many people are skeptical of Seals' claims, including the judge who threw out the lawsuit, claiming it clearly baseless. Hey, I'm going to throw out a couple of unsubstantiated rumors about Blue Ivy's parentage, okay? Okay. The first rumor is that Blue Ivy is actually Jay-Z's illegitimate child, but Beyonce agreed to raise as her own in order to keep up appearances. The second rumor is that Blue Ivy is actually the daughter of Beyonce's dad, Matthew, the product of one of his extramarital affairs. So, you know, think about it, okay? And that, Bunk Funkers, is our research into these musical conspiracies. Is Elvis still with us, or did he expire on the crapper? Did Jim Morrison naturally pass away in the bath? Or did he OD on the shitter? (laughs) How old is Beyonce? How many times has she been pregnant? And who are her children? Did she die on the toilet? (laughs) So let's put this research. (laughs) So let's put this research in a box to the left before we get caught in the cold Kentucky rain. I see riders on the storm. And they're too bootylicious for me. Obviously, people are strange. Me and Art included. But don't be cruel, bunk funkers. Say our names. Say, Bunky, we love you. We just want to be your teddy bears. Thank you.
Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. What's up, everybody? I'm Richard. And I'm Sean. And together, we are the duo that speaks the language of bromance every single Sunday. Since 2014, we have brought free funny to the podcasting world by entertaining millions. Because each week, we travel the world for odd stories and even odder events in history, you know, to play around with or improv around. We've brought tales of Emu's Fighting Man, the 70-year-old Ninja Fasai, and the Great Bigfoot War, just to name a few. We'll even discuss some of the best movies, TV shows, and even, you know, pitch our own movie or two. We've been featured as a podcast by the Smodco Pod U Group, and we have performed live at the Chicago Podcast Festival. So what you need to do is subscribe to The Language of Bromance wherever you get your podcasts and fill your ear holes every single Sunday. That's The Language of Bromance, where we always say, why not? Hey, welcome back, listeners. That was our research into whether all three of those celebrities died on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate question for every celebrity, are did they die on the toilet or not? Did they die on the mother-freaking toilet or not? <laughs> um, boy, a lot of baseless claims, as always, with these celebrity <laughs> ones, huh, Andy? Yeah, I mean... Famously, the last time we looked at music conspiracies, you and I disagreed. Mm, yeah. You think Stevie Wonder is not blind? Yeah. Um, well, I don't. I don't think we. I don't know. If we go that far. Okay. Um, we did. I, I think that uh, I said it would be plausible. Plausible that he could. And fake I said it. that's stupid. It's one of those things where it's like it'd be easy to fake it. I guess. But you know, it's like why would you do it? Right. These are kind of this. There's there's less of that with this. I could see why. Elvis or Jim Morrison would fake their own deaths. I could see why Beyonce would fake a pregnancy. Um, I mean, I could see these. There's like, I could see why you would do it. Yeah. It's just, like you said, it's pretty unsubstantiated. Yeah, I mean, to me, the one that speaks the lot, I mean, I guess the Beyonce one, it's kind of like, being pregnant does suck. Yeah. And her, I mean... They are like corporations. They're not people. They're yeah, she, so she much and Jay-Z. shit just constantly yeah. having to do all the time. I could see it. You know, and like I'll, if you're pregnant, you have to cancel a tour. And you know, one of the I guess one of the realities of the music business is that part of it is your appearance. So Beyonce's body is an asset in a way. And pregnancy can kind of ruin your body a little bit a little bit but um, at the I same mean, time she's got the she's got the access to be able to like put everything back where it should be and you know like she's she's got the ability to train and diet and you know do the things to get back to like shape and just good genetics in general <laughs> yeah i mean leading to her to become a celebrity she started off with a, you know a full hand of cards genetically speaking uh, is she faking her age I, I mean, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that maybe she faked it a couple of years. I mean, because that's not going to matter. Yeah, you don't want to seem old. But it's like two years. It's kind of like, does it really make that big a difference? Like, yeah. oh, you're you were born in 1981 versus 1979. Like, ah, I don't yeah. think it matters. But I mean, she could be faking it. Do I think that she's a whole decade older than she says and that she's actually Solange's mother? 
No. No, yeah, I don't think There's like photos of them as children together. Yeah. <laughs> like I you know. Um I'm not buying that one. Jim Morrison is the one that's hanging me up. Yeah. Famously, uh, if you've watched the like fucking five hour Oliver Stone epic The Doors right. movie starring Val Kimmer as uh the titular Jim Morrison. Uh, oh, I guess not titular. Just Jim Morrison. Yeah. The title. Title of it. I forget who plays. Somebody plays Rayman Zarek in that movie that I was like, oh, I didn't know who played Rayman Zarek in that movie. Or no, they play uh, Roger Krieger. And he's looking to look it up. But, you know, Jim, Jim is a really complicated figure. Mm -hmm. And I think he did at the end of it, hate celebrity. He hated being famous. And I do think that he just wanted to make poetry and art and stuff. And that's why he like released a, a big book of poetry, I think. And he considers like, he was the most proud of that, I think ever in mm -hmm. his life. And it's like crazy. Cause he produced some of the best music that like that, that original, those first two albums. I mean, Fuck, so many of those fucking songs are hits. It's unbelievable. Like, and and not to discredit Ray Manzarek and Roger Krieger too, who helped uh, make his Kyle McLaughlin was Ray Manzarek, and Frank Whaley was Robbie Krieger. Maybe it was the drummer. James Marston plays the drummer. Uh, Kevin Dillon. Kevin John, Dillon plays the drummer. John Densmore. That's who it is. Kevin Dillon. Anyway. Um. Uh, you know, yeah, Jim, Jim was a complicated figure who wanted to release all this weird fucking poetry, art and right. art music. And like, I think, what is it? I think it's, I don't know if it's, it's not LA woman, but it's, I think it's light my fire actually Krieger and Manzarek or mostly Krieger, I think came up with a lot of the, uh, poppiness of it. Mm -hmm. and Jim Morrison would constantly get into trouble for I think the Ed Sullivan show wanted him to change a lyric uh, they didn't want to break to on say through. higher yeah in uh, Light My Fire right and he did it anyway yeah and after the show they told him TV. they told him that he'd never be allowed on the Ed Sullivan show again and he said we just did the the Sullivan show man Jim Morrison was kind of a dick <laughs> Yeah, he was a tortured artist soul, kind of a narcissist, abused plenty of drugs and alcohol, and mm. was kind of a dick to his bandmates. He had a bad, he had he had what I think doesn't seem like a very good childhood. No, I think his, weren't his parents like kind of hippies? His dad was in the military and oh. they were really strict. Oh, it's the opposite. Yeah. And his dad was like never proud of him, right? Right, like they're kind of that, that thing where they're... Um, <laughs> where they're uh, they're not proud. Uh, just as like an aside, this sounds like very much like Jim Morrison's life. Um, we were uh, we've been watching this uh, Ken Burns country music documentary. Yeah, and uh, they're talking about Chris Christopherson, and he moved to Nashville to write music. And he wrote he got a letter from his mom, 
that's basically saying like we're not proud of you you're not welcome back here anymore and we're disowning you because we don't agree with your choice of life like that kind of sounds like jim morrison's parents yeah not like regular your not parents like, are oh like like our parents who are like oh, oh you're taking improv classes oh comedy okay yeah I wonder what I'll tell my friends, but I'm proud of you for trying something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Jim, he, he's a tough figure because he really was like he was just if he could have just gotten it under control, the doors could have been this. They could have been like the, the Beatles. They could have been this yeah. band that yeah. just took over for decades, you know? Yeah. Insane talent. All of Insane them. talent. Uh, the same inc- time, though, incredible success, insane success. They're they're like first album hotcakes. Yeah, over such a short period too. Super short. I mean, the We're band talking like a couple years. Yeah, the band broke up in 1973, and that's like that was two years without Jim Morrison. Yeah. At the same time, Jim's obnoxiousness is what made him and kind of made the band. Yeah, people wanted to go see. How fucking crazy Jim Morrison would be on stage. Yeah, I mean. All the weird shit became he became iconic. Do. Yeah. His fucking leather pants with his donker. Yeah. Allegedly packing a huge dong. Yeah. They used to call him Big Dong Jim. Uh, yeah, he was a sex symbol, like a symbol of the counterculture. Uh, rebellion. So rebellious. I mean, you know, like a real late 60s, a whole package. Oh, yeah. A big package. Sexing up everything. Yeah. Rarely monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he posthumously was uh, declared to be Pam's uh, like civil husband. Oh. Interesting. FYI. What do you think about, did he OD or did he, uh... he was in poor health. He famously got fat. Yeah, he was, you know, people say that he was, like, pretty much unrecognizable at the time of his death because he was so, like, bloated and fat. He was so bloated. Um, Huge beard. He was doing doing lots of drugs, uh, for sure, uh, abusing alcohol. Um, I think that it seems likely that he probably OD'd, but it could just be that literally his heart gave out because of abuse up to that point. I mean, his lifestyle probably didn't help anything. So it's hard to to say for sure. do I care if that is true and that's not reflected? I don't think so. I don't think it doesn't change anything. It's like he still died. Yeah. Um, you know, um I want to say one thing, uh one story about Jim and Pam um that Amanda told me that Timothy White did this like this book called uh Profiles in Rock or something like that, Rock Lives, I think it's called. And um in that he talks a lot about their sex life because they were apparently into like sexual bleeding. And so apparently their apartment in Paris was like covered in like old blood and like smelled awful. And the neighbors in that, in that building called a lot, like made complaints to the police and stuff about the foul odor coming from the apartment because they were like into like cutting themselves and stuff for sex. Just throwing it out there. Uh, okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here to fucking yuck somebody's yum, but clean up after yourselves, you fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Be a good neighbor. Yeah. Um, Fuck. 
But what do you think about the rock and roll circus? Do you think he died there and they brought him back to his apartment? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, maybe. Either way, um, he dies. The the French authorities apparently felt that it was like credible enough testimony that they were considering reopening the case oh. into his death to investigate that. But, I mean, I don't know where that would – that probably wouldn't lead anywhere. You know, like I don't know what they would find out, but who knows. Um, I mean, it's it's just as likely as anything else, I guess. Um, kind of a weird story. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, I kind of want it to be true because then he died on the toilet, <laughs> which is obviously my goal. I yeah. want that for everybody. You want that for everybody. I want everybody to be able to die on the toilet. I don't know. I mean, go out with a bang. <laughs> yeah, bang out of your butt. Um. Yeah, he's the one who trips me up the most because when you look at Elvis, like, Elvis probably did. He was in really poor health. I mean, he yeah. was fat. Just. <laughs> he wasn't that, like, he was, what, Elvis was, like, six feet tall, six one or something? He was, like, 1970s fat, which is, like, he was healthy like, by our standards. He was, like, 230 pounds, and yeah. they're like, God, what a fat fuck. Like, everybody at the hospital is like, God, he was so fucking fat. And it's like... 230 <laughs> like that's not so bad for a guy who's six feet like yeah i mean it's overweight but it's only like 30 pounds yeah it's not like he was like like 300 you know 230 it's like oh what a fat disgusting fucking pig elvis sick fat fuck 230 pounds you fucking disgusting <laughs> all pasty the, pig all the nurses are just me i guess yeah like oh you fucking gross Oh, hey, Tina, come look at this fucking dead fat fuck. Oh, God. Uh, We're going to need about eight people to lift this fat fuck. Oh, sick. Fucking bloated fat fuck. Look at this whale. (laughs) The the Memphis nurses are surly. Oh, yeah. I don't see, like, why would, I mean, Elvis had everything. Mm -hmm. I I mean, he had it all. Uh, one of the one of the you know? doctors I think described his uh, arteries as being like that of an eighty year old. But I mean, it's like it's like a lot of a lot of people at the time. Like he was abusing drugs, in, like incredible drug abuse, uh, alcohol abuse, uh, a poor diet. Like he had everything uh, going against him. Yeah, and it's just like it takes a toll on the body. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any, you know. Uh, Roy Orbison died the same way. How'd he die? He's like 54. <laughs> yeah. 54 years Seriously? old. Seriously? 54 years old. Went to the bathroom. Uh, His son was with him. His son went to the store. <laughs> no, wait. Hold on. You're not. Ugh. I, that, that stitched together wrong. His, he was at home with his son. His son went to the convenience store to get some Cokes. That's what he says. And he came back and Roy was in the bathroom, the locked bathroom. Like unresponsive, massive heart attack. Jeez. How much pressure does taking a shit put on your heart? <laughs> a lot. Uh, I mean, probably not that much. I mean, it's probably 
It's probably more the years and years of amphetamine and <laughs> caffeine pills. You Speed. Know, you know, the like old The Benzedrine. Yeah, the old fashioned like uh, musician's life where you got to take speed to wake up and then you got to take downers to go to sleep, sleeping pills at night, and you're just a cocktail of drugs all day long to keep because you have late night shows and then Quaaludes, you, baby. And then you got to drive to the next place. So you either got to drive all night or you got to get up early in the morning and drive so you can make your like sound check and stuff. Do it all for the love of the love of the music. For your art. For the art. I do it for you, Art. Wow. I take all these drugs for you. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Andy seems kind of, seems a little cut and dry. Yeah. You know, with these music conspiracies, there's always not a lot to. Uh, it's kind of just conjecture, mostly just speculative. Just kind of what your gut feeling is. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you want to. Uh, you want to get into it? I think we could get into verdicts. That's sure. Let's do it. Let's get into these verdicts. Or if you have any other topics or questions you want to bring up, um, you know, we can do that too. Uh, the only other thing I want to tell is a story. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a Beach Boys fan. Huge Beach Boys fan. Uh, about Brian Wilson meeting Elvis. Um, okay. Um, the story I always heard before, like doing this research. Yes. I have a story already that I heard about Brian Wilson meeting Elvis before we did any of this research. Don't mock me, I, listeners. I wasn't. Not you, the listeners. They are mocking me. They are? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Behind your back. Um, but uh, was the story I always heard is that uh, like they were recording next door to each other. Uh, they get introduced, and Brian does a karate chop at Elvis. He goes, hi-ya! And like, karate chops at him because he heard... That Elvis was into karate. Oh, yeah. And so that's... Oh, karate. And so then it's like... I mean, sometimes it's like Elvis takes like a defensive posture or whatever, like chops him back versions of the story. But there was a version of the story I heard that I never heard before uh, that while doing this research. And that's that they're recording next door to each other. And um, somebody like... Like Brian asks to meet Elvis. Like he asks... Like Elvis always had a lot of security people with him. So he asked some of Elvis's security if he could meet Elvis and they go and talk to Elvis and he agrees to go next door and uh, meet Brian. And they're like, you know, he's or they or they bring Brian over to the studio with Elvis. And he asks he asks Elvis if he'll go next door and listen to what they've been working on. And he goes next door and they play something for him. And Brian goes, so do you think we've got anything? And Elvis goes, no. And then walks out. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> what a cold-blooded God killer damn. but you know elvis probably didn't want to meet him really because he was a private guy he didn't oh. he just didn't want to be bothered i would have thought that's like oh he's another another person who gets it yeah superstar performer it's brian yeah. wilson mm, not elvis wasn't having it jeez i mean the and other Ro- wilson's a bit of a recluse himself yeah the other the other version of the like karate chop story i heard is that Brian gets introduced to Elvis. He's like really wants to meet Elvis and he asks the security and they agree, but then he like clams up when he meets Elvis. So the only thing he can think to do is do the karate chop. And then Elvis is like, come on, knock it off, man. And then walks off. (laughs) (laughs) I can see Brian doing that. That's a Brian move because that's very socially awkward. Right. Yeah. It's incredibly socially awkward. (laughs) Very funny. Thing to do. Brian loves that story. Does he? Yeah. He tells that story a lot on like late night shows and stuff. Oh. About him meeting Elvis. Well, Elvis is dead. Yeah. You can say whatever you want about Elvis. Yeah. 
we could say we met Elvis. Yeah, we did. Yesterday we, we showed him. We like we showed him the podcast. We're like, hey, do you think we have anything here? And he was like, no. <laughs> and then he went on our toilet. Then he took a shit on the toilet and died. Yep. <laughs> Elvis's dead corpse is on the open face toilet, and it's pissing me and Andy off. You know, we got business to do here. When we get here in the bunker, we're here for a long time. Also, he was wearing a white jumpsuit, so his body is naked because he couldn't just pull his pants down. He had to pull the whole jumpsuit off. Yeah, it's just pooled around his uh, his ankles. Yeah. And at this point, the skin's kind of fused in yeah. with the jumpsuit. It's real fucking gross. He never took that jumpsuit off. It's no. clear. It's very stinky. Yeah. It's a dead skin on it as well. Yeah. Sad. If only we could be so lucky. Amen. Go on a toilet. And die. And die. Um, okay. So you wanna should we get into the verdicts? We can get into verdicts. Okay. Um Take a hit. Alright. Elvis. Take a shot. Is he still alive? In the dark. Nah. Nah. He died. Case closed. Case closed. Wow. He died. Okay. Uh he died August sixteenth, nineteen seventy seven or whatever. He's dead, uh, and he's been dead. Uh, everything is real circumstantial. There's nothing like s- concrete. Like I, you know, yeah, we don't have any like forged. Do- hey, here's the thing: seven years. We'll see. Yeah, when that when that death certificate becomes public, yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see what fucking happens. Uh, Jim Morrison. Uh, I just gotta go. Kind of like case closed. He's dead, but plausible to the death scenario. Ooh. I don't know. Could have, yeah. could have, could have OD'd. Could have just died in the bath. Natural causes. Uh, could have died at the rock and roll circus. I don't know. There's too much there, uh, and nothing really seems clear. Okay. Uh, to me, so I, I, I say it's plausible. But case closed. He's dead. Okay. Um, who we got a few things to unpack with Beyonce. Yeah, we do. Um. Uh, let's see. Baby verdict, you stay on my mind. Um, let's see. Uh, is she older than she says she is? Uh, let's say plausible. Okay. Uh, cause she could be only a couple years older and that seems like, okay. I don't really care about that though. You know, like, I don't think that she's much older and I don't, is she Solange's mother? Case closed. No. Yeah. Um, was she actually pregnant with Blue Ivy? Um, I'm going to say that it's, is she, is she, did she fake the pregnancy? Uh, plausible minus. Whoa. I'm not, I don't know. That's like, big. That's bad big. Yeah, I know. This is big for me. Uh, do I really think that she did I guess not? Like I don't, you know, I don't see why you'd go to all the trouble to 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 do it. I mean, you know, you are plausible minus. It's still the negative. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I guess there's no really, you know, hard evidence to suggest otherwise. But I don't, you know, it's like people are like eh, the baby bump, the size of the bump. I don't know. It's like bumps can a bump your baby bump can come lighting quickly. makeup you yeah. can hide and shit. it's not it doesn't look that big at the VMAs you know I think some people make it seem like oh she had this huge baby bump at the VMAs it wasn't that big like 
If she didn't, rub, she looked like a depiction of Buddha. I mean, what the fuck? If she didn't rub it, like I, I wouldn't have been able to tell. To be honest, she's wearing like tuxedo pants and stuff. Huh. It's the outfit for the VMAs. What she was wearing? Tuxedo pants. Tuxedo, like a tuxedo shirt, a jacket. Okay. She's wearing one of those novelty T-shirts that are printed. <laughs> yes, to look like a tuxedo. yes, exactly. Honestly, if Beyonce wore one, she'd fucking look good in one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she could do whatever she wants. She's very attractive. Um, so those are my verdicts. Do I owe you a verdict on anything else? You owe me a lot of money, but you don't owe me a verdict. <laughs> Look, I'll get it to you soon. I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to have to break your leg. Oh, it's okay. Boss rooting. I don't need him. Banga, banga, banga. Someone gets that reference. What are your verdicts, Art? Oh, baby. Uh, over oh, the king. Uh, the king of verdicts. Oh, mama. Uh, karate. Uh, ooh, I'm going to have to go case closed. Oh. I think Elvis died on Tola because he was addicted to drug and love, peanut butter, bacon sandwich. <laughs> oh, it's me, Elvis Presley. Ha ha. Hoo ha. <laughs> oh, mama. I learned a lot about Elvis, though, man. I did not know how insanely successful he was. It's incredible. It's incredible. Records that still stand A lot of controversy with him as well. Yeah. About where he got inspiration for some of these songs and uh, his moves. Yeah. You know, hey, that, hey, that's for an episode for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the real thing is that Elvis got rich and got famous while black artists who were largely responsible for the music that he put out. Right. Uh, especially early early in his career. There, and they're talking in the 50s. Uh, didn't get credit, and yeah. many of them died penniless and uh, in obscurity. As we will. Um, <laughs> if there's any justice in this world. Fuck. Uh, plausible quirk that Jim Morrison is still alive. Wow. A quirk. Not much, but it's something. Maybe he got out. Hmm. And just lived his life. As a homeless man. Poetry, doing poetry. I don't know. <laughs> or just a normal guy. Yeah. You know, I, I think towards the end there, all he really wanted to do was write poems. Yeah. Uh, Zabanya. Um, what did you say? You said plausible for how he died. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with that. Mm -hmm. Could go either way, really, but seems fitting. Yeah. Beyonce Knowles. Uh, the age. I don't give a fuck. Case closed. I don't care. <laughs> it's so dumb. Who gives a shit? It's like, oh, oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not like it's like, oh, she's. 15 years old. It's like two years older. Ooh, yeah, it's like, watch out. Okay. She's been lying this whole time. Ah, with the daughter, though. Yeah, a little, little trickier. I'm going to go plausible minus minus. I'm going to go lower than you. Okay. But I'm still with you. Okay. You know, celebrities, the whole closing off the entire ward. You know, I get it. I get it. As... When you're Beyonce and Jay-Z, you got to fucking protect your privacy. Right. And they have the means to do it, and they'll do it. They'll... Because, you know, even if they let some security footage go by, it's like, that's big money. Yeah. Somebody... Paparazzo is going to pay some yeah. some nurse big-time bucks for images of Blue Ivies. Right. Before, uh, and for images of Blue Waffle. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. 
I mean, I pay. You can see Blue Waffle for free, but. How many hack comedians made a Blue Waffle joke when it was first announced that her name is Blue Ivy? Like, oh, God, I'm on the same level as fucking Jimmy Kimmel, aren't I? <laughs> oh, hey, uh, no, you don't have a show. You don't have a platform. It's true. I'm even less. I'm even less. You're I, don't, all- I don't think it's funny to torture little kids for other people's amusements with their uh, Halloween candy. Oh, I do. Torture. Sick fuck. <laughs> um... Get him. Hey, you know, Jimmy Kimmel did blackface and no one talks about it. He did full on black. He didn't just do blackface. He did black body. There's like footage of him from the man. Sh- Actually, I think it was the Jimmy Kimmel show. Oh, or it could have been the man show hmm. where he dressed up like Carl Malone in full blackface oh. and did a Carl Malone impression. Oh, boy. And people don't talk about it. Yikes. He didn't get canceled for that. So I think that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that footage. But I know you hate Jimmy Kimmel. I'm not a fan of any late night, to be honest with you. I think it's a medium that needs to die. Yeah. Famously. I think it's dead. And I think it needs to die. Um it's times have moved on and it hasn't. Yeah. True. So anyway, those are our verdicts. Listeners, what do you think? Tell us. Tell us. Use the hashtag. Uh no. Use the hashtag Royal Flush Down the Toilet. <laughs> Come on. There you go. Use the hashtag Royal Flush Down the Toilet. There's a hashtag. There's a hashtag because you know, and let us know what you think. Send us an email to MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Tweet at us at Mr. Bunkerpod at, G- at nope at Twitter. Just Mr. Bunkerpod. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at Mr. Bunkerpod. Subscribe to us on Twitch. Mr. Bunkerpod. YouTube us. By YouTube searching Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Oh, it's exhausted. I think that's it for all of our social media. Log on to our website, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Andy, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, didn't you have some some fun questions or do you want to wrap this up? Um, Art, how do you hope you die? (laughs) How do I hope I die? Yeah. Oh, I thought the question was, what do you want me to happen? Oh, fuck. I misinterpreted it. Wait, what did you think I asked? I was going to say I want to be uploaded into an AI. Oh, okay. But how do I hope I die? Yeah. Jeez. Well... I think it's better to go out in a blaze of glory than to die slowly. I think we both can agree on that. Sure. Pull the plug on me. Okay. But that's why I say upload my consciousness to an AI so I can live forever. Yeah. And all my future generations can interact with me. But knowing me, it'll probably end up, I'll just end up in everyone's Steam library and like millions of games and they'll just forget that I'm there. Right. And they'll just end up playing the old same old shit. So it'll be like my future generation will be like, oh, should we go visit grandpa? Nah, let's just go play Rocket League. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. Very. Um, I get it. How do I hope I go? You famously want to die on the toilet. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to die in some sort of weird Rubik's Cube accident. Famously, I am into (laughs) Rubik's Cubing. Super into cubing. cubing. Uh, My current PR is 26 seconds. Yeah. Um, Maybe I... 
I don't know. Maybe I get turned into a Rubik's Cube and all my body parts get shuffled. And it isn't until you can put me back together again that I come back wow. to life. I like it. Yeah, it's cute. That's cute. It's very cute. That's how I want to go. That's a good way to die. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks to Linda for today's topic. That's right. Thanks again. If you want to submit a topic for us to talk about, you can. That is within your rights. Um, uh, you, you can email us at Mr. Bunker Pod. Uh-oh to go through the whole social media again no you can email us at mr yeah. bunker pod or tweet at us and we'll, we'll look into some shit yeah for you um anyway andy any last words um uh that's just a hunk of hunk of burning uh podcast for my fictile oh fact fic tail Tile co-host Andy Hart. Wait, and for the titular Mr. Bugger, I'm Arthur Stone saying that I've been saying it wrong. No, it's for and for the titular Mr. Bugger and for my fictile co-host Andy Hart. I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. I need to go eat some food. Octile. <laughs>